Hello, and welcome to the fifth episode of the Personal Finance Podcast. Please be sure to follow the Personal Finance Podcast Instagram at Personal Finance Podcast AD as well. You can also follow the Twitter page for updates on the podcast at Personal Finance on Twitter. All right, now let's get into today's episode. In today's episode, we will be talking about a credit card versus a debit card. What are the differences? What are the advantages and disadvantages of credit card versus debit cards? What benefits do credit and debit cards offer? And what offers do banks give on credit cards? Credit card versus debit cards. Let's let's look at an overview of these two things. Credit cards and debit cards to be look almost identical with a 16-digit card number and expiration dates and personal identification number and PIN codes. But that is where the similarity ends. Debit cards allow bank customers to spend money by drawing on funds they have deposited at the bank. Credit cards allow consumers to borrow money from the card issuer up to a certain limit in order to purchase items or withdraw cash. You probably have at least one credit card or debit card in your wallet currently. The convenience and protection they offer are hard to beat, but they have important differences that could substantially affect your pocketbook. Here is how to choose which to use when you need to swipe the plastic. Is it debit or credit? Let's look at the key takeaways now. So credit cards give you access to a line of debt issued by the bank. Debit cards deduct money directly from your bank account. Credit card offers better consumer protection to warranties and fraud protection, but are costlier. Debit cards offer less protection, but they also do have lower fees. So newer debit cards offer more credit card protection, while many credit cards no longer charge annual fees. Now, credit cards are issued in four different categories. So the first category is standard cards, simply extend the line of credit to their users. The second one is reward cards. They offer cashback, travel points, or other benefits to consumers and customers. And then the third one is secured credit cards. They require an initial cash deposit that is held by the issuer at collateral. And the fourth one is charge cards. So charge cards have no present spending limit, but often do do not allow unpaid balances to carry over month to month. So what that means is that although this this card doesn't have any spending limit, you would have to pay the full amount that month of what you had spent. So you can't carry it on to the next month and pay it then. So debit cards is a payment card that makes payment that makes payments by deducting money directly from a consumer's checking account rather than via a loan from the bank. Debit cards offer the convenience of credit cards and many of the same consumer protections when issued by major payment processors like Visa and MasterCard. There are also types there are also two types of debit cards that do not require the customer to have a checking or savings account as well as one standard type. So the standard debit cards allow you to draw on your bank account. Um, and the electronic benefit transfer, EBT cards, are issued by state and federal agencies to allow for qualifying users to m- use their benefits to make purchases. Now, the third one is the prepaid debit card. So these give people without access to a bank account a way to make electronic purchases up to the amount that was preloaded on the card. So there's only a certain amount that's preloaded. So it's technically like a gift card, I would say. And Let's talk about how debit cards work now. So a debit card draws on money the user already has, eliminating the danger of racking up debt. Retailers know people usually spend more when using plastic than if they were paying cash. 
By using debit cards, impulsive spenders can avoid the temptation of credit. Many of the users' benefits off benefits offered by credit card companies are funded by the interest and other charges of those who do not pay off their balances each month. In, in addition, some debit cards, particularly those issued by payment processors such as Visa or MasterCard, are starting to offer more of the protections enjoyed by credit card users. Now let's look at the advantages and disadvantages between debit cards versus credit cards. So advantages for the debit card are avoid debt, easier access to cash, and easy to obtain. Now the advantages for credit cards are bills credit, more fraud protection, you can earn rewards, purchase protection, and insurance. Now the disadvantages for debit cards are doesn't build credit, less fraud protection, you have a risk of more theft, and generally there are no rewards in a debit card. Now let's talk about the disadvantages for credit cards. So in a credit card, there's risk of debt and harder to receive approval, and there's higher interest rates. How much is the average debt in the? How much is the average debt in an average Canadian household? So according to the most recent da- data from the Bank of Canada, the average debt held by Canadians, excluding mortgages, is around twenty thousand seven hundred and fifty-nine. So with mortgages, it would probably be around twenty-five to thirty k. And let's talk about what percentage of Canadians have never checked their credit score. 56%, surprisingly, of Canadians have never checked their credit score and only 14% check their scores once per year. So they're more into the spending. But during this time, more people might have checked it because this is a pandemic. So they want to make sure that they have everything up in order because they want to make sure that they're saving most as much as money as possible for the future and especially during this pandemic because there have been added costs. So how many credit cards does the average Canadian have? So while the statistics inevitably vary by survey, the general consensus is that the average Canadian household has more than one credit card. According to a survey conducted by JD Power in late 2018, the average Canadian uses two credit cards for everyday purchases based on their spending over a three-month period. Also, an interesting fact about credit cards is that 30% of Canadians surveyed say they don't pay their credit card balance off at the end of every month. That's about $7 billion in interest payments per year. This information was obtained from Greedy Rates. Greedy Rates is a website that this information was obtained from. Now, let's talk about is it better to use cash or card in Canada? So, though you can likely use your credit card anywhere you go in Canada, you may need to get cash at some point. Unfortunately, it can be expensive to get cash from your credit card. That is because your card provider will charge you a cash advance fee as well as a higher interest rate for cash advantages. Advances, pardon me. Whether you get a credit card or debit card, both have their advantages and disadvantages. Now, let's look at what credit cards and debit cards the four major banks offer in Canada. Let's start off with TD. So TD offers three, three, um, three cards on their website. So the first card is the TD Cashback Visa Infinite card. So on that card, you can earn 10% cashback on all purchases for the first three months, and you can spend up to a total of $2,000. Plus, the first year, you pay no annual fee for the primary and additional card holders. Conditions apply. And it says you must apply by a certain date. So let's look 
at so for this card there's a 120 dollars annual fee there's 20.99 percent interest on purchases and 22.99 interest on cash advances so cash advances would be when you are taking out cash and then um 21% you'll be charged for interest on purchases that you make. So this this card allows you to spend up to a total of $2000 in the first year you pay no annual fee for both the primary additional card holders. So if you have two cards then you wouldn't pay any any annual fee on that for the first year but you would pay it on the next. Now the next card is the TD Cashback Visa card. So in this it says you can earn $25 in cashback dollars. And there's zero zero dollar annual fee. There's a twenty percent interest on purchases and a twenty three percent interest on cash advances. So now let's talk about the last card that the TD has on their website. And this is this is TD Canada, by the way. And this is TD Aeroplan Visa Infinite Card. So on this card, you can earn fifteen thousand bonus Air Aeroplan miles when you make your first purchase with your card. Plus, first, know your annual fee for the primary and first additional cardholder conditions apply. So, on this card, you have a $120 annual fee, you have a 20% interest on purchases, and a 23% interest on cash advances. Okay, let's talk about what RBC offers. So RBC, these are their popular credit cards that they've listed on their website. So I chose to talk about these. So let's talk about the RBC Avion Visa Infinite card. So this card says you can fly on any airline, any flight, at any time. Avoiding is the easiest way to fly. Avioning, pardon me, is the easiest way to fly. So it's a Visa card. And now... um they have two travel cards and one rewards card and one cashback card. So now we're talking about the second travel card, which is the WestJet Travel WestJet RBC World Elite Mastercard. So this card saves you more money on travel. Now let's talk about the RBC Rewards Plus Visa card. This card that this card gives you a choice of rewards. So you may be rewarded more on this card, and obviously certain conditions apply in each of these cards. Now let's talk about the RBC Cashback Preferred World Elite Mastercard. So in this, you can get unlimited cashback per- cashback on your purchases. Conditions apply. Now, if you want more information, I would recommend visiting RBC Canada's website to find to view the card details on their website. Okay, let's talk about BMO now. So BMO has 13 different credit cards in total, but I thought let's talk about the two credit cards that came up uh, first on their page. So obviously, if you want to see more information, you can go to their website at BMO Canada. So let's talk about the BMO Cashback MasterCard. So this is a welcome offer for new custom, new customers. So uh, the welcome offer is get up to 5% cashback in your first three months and a 1.99% introductory interest rate on balance transfers for nine months with a one-year transfer fee. So there's a 0% annual, $0 annual fee, there's a 20% interest for all purchases, and 23% for all cash advances. Now, BMO Preferred Rate MasterCard is the second one. So oh, the first one is a cashback no-fee card, and the BMO Preferred Rate MasterCard is a low-interest, low-fee card. So the welcome offer for that is get a 3.99% introductory interest rate on balance transfers for nine months on a one-year transfer fee and will waive the $20 annual fee for the first year. So the $20 annual fee will be waived that you have to pay for the first year. Uh, then there's 13% interest for purchases and 
13% interest for cash advances. And now let's talk about CIBC. So CIBC also has multiple um, different cards, but I chose to talk about two only. And then obviously, if you want to know more information, you can go onto their website. And these are all Canadian-based cards. CIBC Aventura Visa Infinite Card. So now on this card, you can earn up to $20,000 Aventura points, plus get a first-year annual fee rebate. So the annual fee is $120. And the interest rate is 20% for purchases. And the minimum annual income that you should have for this card is $60,000 as an individual or $100,000 in a household together as a combined income. So, And then it's 22.99% for cash. So it's interesting to see how CIBC's cards, they've listed the requirements there. Although, if you want to know all these other requirements, you can view them in the, you can click view details on those cards and they'll show you on the website. Let's talk about the next one, which is the CIBC Aventura Visa Infinite Privilege Card. So earn 25,000 Aventura points. That's up to $400 towards your next flight. Plus get a $200 annual travel credit. So the annual fee for this is $499. The interest rate for purchases is 20.99%. The minimum annual income per household should be $200,000 and it's 22.99% for cash. So these are both the welcome offers if you were a new customer and you're applying. So then these would, these would be the offers that you may get. Now these, all these four major banks do also offer debit cards, but they haven't really listed them on their website. It's interesting to see how these banks only mostly focus on credit cards. However, if you're interested, you could do a little bit more finding on their website to see if they offer any. I didn't personally find any, but if you do, then uh, you can also look into that if you're interested. Now, let's talk about whether it's whether you're buying a debit card or credit card, it depends on your own needs and how you want to structure yourself. You know, most people, they have both because they do think it's good to have both. But credit cards offer credit cards. People make more bigger purchases with the credit cards and a debit card. It's it's they make they might make more smaller purchases or if they don't want to take on too much debt, they might they might use it on that. So. And that's what you need to know about a credit card versus debit card. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Personal Finance Podcast. Hopefully you learned something new today. And before I end the podcast, I have a message. I have a message to my listeners. Everything in this podcast, all the information shared in this podcast is accurate. But before doing anything, please be sure to check the websites to see details about the credit cards these four banks offer. And be sure to always do your own research before doing anything. I always try to provide my listeners with the most accurate information. But it's very important that you research everything before as an individual. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Personal Finance Podcast. The Personal Finance Podcast is also now available on Apple Podcasts. So if you look at my Overcast link on the podcast, you should be able to listen to it on Apple Podcasts as well. Thank you for listening to this episode.